Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode, an unusual episode, but another episode of the lives of contemporary artists. Now, like many of you, due to our current unique predicament, our remarkably swift transition into furry hibernation and self-sequestration, I've been spending a lot of time at home. In fact, in fact, due to my wife Tina's hoarding obsession with nutritional, vitamin-rich, chocolatey protein bars, I've actually been able to spend all my time at home. I don't have to go out and get groceries or anything. And, 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 and by the way, if you, if you haven't tried the Body Plus Carotene GM Velvet Caramel Power Pack, um, don't bother. It's, uh, it's pretty nasty. It's, it's got uh, 32 grams of, of protein, but it's, but it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty nasty. Thank, thank, thanks, honey. I, I'm, I'm taping the show now. Sorry. Well, as, as, as you can see, I'm taping the show. I'm taping this episode from, from home. So if you, uh, if you hear the kids, well, uh, if you hear the kids, well, you'll hear, you'll hear the kids. Dad, who the heck are you talking to? Uh, Tommy, we, 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 we don't say heck. Do, do we say heck? He's 11. Look, if, if you know whether we say heck or not, uh, email me. I, I really don't know the answer to that one. Anyway, anyway, uh, during these during these unusual times, I'm, 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 I'm actually trying to appreciate all the underused, neglected, or deferred trappings of my unexceptional yet highly serious though really insignificant, albeit purposeful, life. And, and, and besides reading and, and sleeping more and, and binging on uh, Louis Malle movies on the Criterion Channel, I've been spending a lot of quality time uh, with my dog. I, I have a dog. My, my, dog uh, my dog is a medium-sized, somewhat lethargic, but steadfastly loyal and, and loving mutt. His, his name is... Malevich. Now I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's a bit pretentious, and and my neighbors and 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 the dog park acquaintances haven't forgiven me this unspeakable transgression of dog ownership. But um, that's my dog, and and you know the, the the last dog I had was also a mud, and and I called him Spot, but that too seemed to offend everybody, uh, except of course my artist friends who who all earn their uh, expensive degrees and, 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 and fine art degrees in, in, in places like the Rhode Island School of Irony and Design. Anyway, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with, with Milevich, spending time with my dog, and, and, and I'm dusting off all these old dog toys, and I'm, I'm feeding him all these old, uh, moldy dog treats, and I'm also experimenting with some of these new gourmet flavored dog foods. I was at the pet store the other day, just, just before the shelter-in-place order was enacted, and, and most of the shelves were pretty much picked over, and, and uh, 
all of my uh, typical uh, dog food choices were totally sold out. So I found myself buying these weird exotic flavors that, they, 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 that come in these really beautiful, small, these practically vest pocket size bags. Talk about design. These things are really, really nice, really beautiful. But, but I bought a whole bunch of these small, overpriced, gourmet flavor flavored dog foods because they were um, the only things left on the shelves. I, I suppose in a pinch, Malevich would eat just about anything, but, 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 there, but, but there was one flavor. I think they called it Cholent. Um, uh, that, yeah, uh, that's what it was called. It was called Cholent, and, 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 and Malevich really seemed to love that one a lot. I should have gotten some more of those, but I also have, uh, I also have this one. We haven't opened it yet. Uh, umami lamb. That one looks pretty good also. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, like you, I'm home a lot. And, 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 and like you, I'm ruminating on the state of our civilization. And I'm, and I'm wondering why after all these years, why, after years and years of, of, of all my intense study and research, after years full of, full of all the creative crucibles that ornament the typical artist's life, why in all that time, and all, all this time, I, it never even occurred to me to consider how much the 1720 Great Plague of Marseille impacted the course of art history. See, I've got time now, and I've been, I've been, I've been boning up on this particular period of of history, and it's 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 really, it's really fascinating. And and without going into too much detail, after all this reading, it became pretty evident to me, at least, that, uh, for example, Jean Poutin's etchings of rotting vegetables, or um, say Charlotte Deutsch Martin's Caniche Ballon. Those little ceramic figurines of poodles, or, or even Sasha Sanchez's champignon paintings, would have been practically unthinkable, unimaginable, without the context of the second Marseille Harbor quarantine. So I'm thinking about all this, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering with all with all the, the these canceled exhibitions, with with all these canceled panel discussions, all all the museum closures, the university closures with all these artists retreating into their studios. I'm, I'm wondering what effect this might have on the course of contemporary art and particularly its effect upon the discourse. Well, maybe, now I'm just spitballing it, but just just maybe we'll finally be able, say, to retire the word discourse entirely. It's possible. Anything's possible. And, 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 and maybe we won't even bother replacing it. And, 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 and what, will, what will all the critics do with all this new time on their hands? Who, who knows? Who knows what the critics might do? Maybe they'll, they'll start doodling on their legal pads and, and finally, finally see just how hard it is to, to make a work of art in, in the first place. And, and, and how about the collectors? What about the collectors? What are they going to do? They're going to they're gonna have to be home all the time. 
home all the time. No more, no more art fairs. No, no, no more openings. No galas. They're gonna be home all the time. Home all the time, day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. Forced to really live with their investments. To really live with their art collections. They're gonna be forced to stare day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day at all these works of art that they were so urgently advised to purchase, to collect, to, to amass, to hang, to install. Imagine, sequestered, quarantined, isolated in these big homes surrounded by big beige Pieces of furniture. Pieces of furniture. And pieces of contemporary art. Wow. That's a chilling thought. That, that, that's, that's chilling. Anyway. Let's just wait and see where all this may may lead, what the outcome will be, how things might shake out. And you can count on me, because I'll do my best, me, Timmy Black, I'll do my best to keep you informed about all the new unanticipated developments surrounding the circumscribed lives of contemporary artists. (laughs) 